Hello and welcome to the third festive Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. Today I'm going to be interviewing one of my favourite illustrators and authors, Ellie Dolan, about her Christmas book, Santa's Wonderful Workshop. And I am also going to be sharing with you some of my favourite Christmas picture books. Thanks for listening in. So now it's time to listen to my interview with the very lovely Ellie Dolan chatting about um, her new Christmas book, Santa's Wonderful Workshop. You may also enjoy reading some of her other books such as Weasels, Stephen Seagull, Mr Bunny's Chocolate Factory, The Donut of Doom, all utterly hilarious. Do take a listen and then make sure you run to the library and borrow some more to read. Hello everyone. So today I've got um, Ellie Dolan chatting to me about her new Christmas book called Santa's Wonderful Workshop, which is published by Oxford University Press. Um, Ellie, could you just tell us a little bit about what your lovely Christmas book is all about? Yes, of course. So um, it's about Santa and his workshop, as the title would suggest. But the thing that's always really interested me about uh, Santa Claus or Father Christmas or Chris Kringle, St Nicholas, whatever you want to call the big man, is that... His job isn't actually just a one night a year thing, though, of course, it's Christmas Eve. When he goes out, he delivers the presents, all the children are thrilled and he gets all the glory. But the rest of the year round, he must be running a huge manufacturing operation. And that's a bit that's always really interested me about Santa Claus, even when I was a child. So in this book, it's all about not just what happens in the run up to Christmas Eve it's what happens in Santa's workshop all year round and how he goes about making all of those toys and getting everything done even though every year there's more and more and more children and um, as you might expect from Santa he's a lovely guy real stand-up chap but he's not the best manager Um, he's a bit too soft not great with the discipline so um, a few things go wrong along the way through the course of the year like he hires a load of penguins to help out with mixed results Um, there's a really angry snowman who lives next door called Mr Johnson who who causes them a lot of trouble and there's one very big very furious polar bear yes there is Um, one of the things that I um, really liked about your book was the kind of month by month approach to the story Mm. so you kind of hinted at what gave you that idea but could you just elaborate a little bit on why you chose to do that yes well I want because I wanted to show the workshop all year round I felt it made sense to break it down into what happens you know in each month so you can sort of understand you know what's happening in your own life at that time of year and see it in contrast with what's happening in Santa's life um it was a bit of a nightmare, though, because when, you, when you're doing a picture book, you've got about 12 double page spreads to um, tell a story, which sounds like it would be absolutely perfect. 12 double page spreads, 12 years, mm-hmm. no problem. But if you're going to have a beginning, a middle and an end and usually you need a bit longer for the beginning and the end than just one page doesn't quite fit. So jamming in a whole year into a picture book was a bit of a challenge, but I'm glad I did it in the end. No, it's brilliant. I really liked um, the kind of month by month updates on what Santa and his gang were up to. It was brilliant. Really interesting. I hadn't seen that before. So it was worth all the heartache and pain it caused you trying to. Yes. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, So I'm um, in our house. We love all of your books. And just before I go on to my next question, my husband 
who has asked me to tell you that Weasels is actually one of his favourite books ever. <laughs> Good. And um, that he shared it with his brother too and that they both agree. Um, it's hilarious. So we, we are huge fans and my sons have your books on repeat at bedtime. I've read them so many times that I almost know them word for word. So um, we're huge fans. And one of my favourite things about your books is when I'm rereading them, there are always plenty of things hidden within the illustrations to make you laugh that you might not spot the first time round. And for example, in um, The Santa's Wonderful Workshop, just on the first couple of pages, I spotted a rather fetching roll of nice and naughty list toilet paper. Yep. <laughs> and um, a photo of Santa hanging out with one of my favourite of your characters, Mr Bunny. And I was just wondering if you came up with all of these ideas for hidden details yourself or whether you sometimes took requests or challenges from your friends. Oh, well, I do, I, the, with the kind of friends that I have, the things they suggest probably aren't the kind of things you can hide in a children's book. So, <laughs> so I've never done that before. Okay. So it's really out of my own head. I, but I've, always, I've always enjoyed details. And I really like it when you get those little links between different books. So you can figure out that actually these stories are happening. They're separate stories, but they're happening in the same world, mm-hmm. which is partly the, why I've put the links to Mr. Bunny yes. um, in Santa's Wonderful Workshop as well. You will also might notice in Mr. Bunny, there's similarly a photo of um, Mr. Bunny meeting Santa. And uh, Santa looks a bit like, oh my, this guy's a bit enthusiastic. And Mr. Bunny's thrilled to meet him because I would have thought of those sort of seasonal uh, holiday heroes. Mm. Santa would be the one they'd all look up to. Yeah. Uh, but it just made sense to me that they will, you know, they probably, you know, go out and play golf together and things on the weekends, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love a bit of detail. It just adds to the, the, the world seeming big and expansive and fully formed and interesting. And also it means you can go back and read the book again and probably find something new. So, you know, you get those repeat yeah. readings that way. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we had Mr. Bunny is one of our favourites and I did have to read it. Um, two weeks straight for bedtime stories and that's no exaggeration oh that's intense you probably can do it off by heart I by now can. I should get you to come in and do my author events for me you could probably do it better than me now I'm not sure that's true but um, it, like I said they, I didn't mind reading it every night for a fortnight because I always found little jokes hidden that I hadn't found the first time and I think there are things in your books that grown-ups find funny with some of your kind of wordplay and the characters mm, yeah. you use, like Stephen uh, Stephen Seagull genius yes yeah that's funny at all levels for all readers so I do think your books stand up really well to rereading because you can spot things that you missed the first time round yeah Um, it's nice to include something for the grown-ups as well because we so often forget that especially with a picture book often it's a child and a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or a librarian or some form of responsible adult who you sit down with and read them with so you do have a bit of a dual audience there, and it's nice that you can occasionally give the grown-ups a laugh as well. Yeah, it's a bit like a Disney film, isn't it? You kind of yeah, they've yeah. got things in there for the parents who are watching it for the hundredth time, as well as the children who love it. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, one of the characters in um, your wonderful workshop story is, you mentioned him earlier, the snowman neighbour, who is named Mr Johnson. Now, yes, to me, yeah. Mr Johnson is not the obvious first choice of name for a snowman neighbour. So I was just wondering, was there a special reason why you chose Mr Johnson, not something like Mr Frosty that might seem more obvious for a snowman? Oh, well, I can safely say it's not based on any of my real neighbours before anybody gets any ideas. <laughs> um, I think it's not, um, it doesn't come from anywhere in you know uh, my actual life or popular culture or anything, but I just really love giving um, 
all of my characters sort of unexpected names, especially if they're sort of a, an outlandish fantasy character, like a walking, talking snowman. I like giving them a really normal name, like Mr. Johnson. No, it's like with Mr. Bunny when I've called all the um, chickens things like Debbie and Vera. Yes. There's just something about that contrast between, you know, the fanciful and the normal that I find really funny. That's the kind of thing that makes me laugh on my own while I'm busy drawing snowmen. <laughs> I'm imagining you now chuckling away over your pictures by yourself. Yeah, and everyone else in my studio asking me, Helly, what are you doing now? And I, I just drew a snowman called Mr. Johnson <laughs> beside myself with my own funniness. Yeah, I can imagine. That's, yeah, that is quite funny. Um, so we mentioned um, you tackling Santa and the Easter Bunny in um, some of your previous picture books. And I was just wondering which iconic fantasy figure you were planning on tackling next i did spot um at one point santa being told off by the tooth fairy for consuming too many candy canes and i was wondering if that might be a hint towards a possible future picture book featuring um the tooth fairy oh well i can't say that there's anything in the pipeline at the moment but it's you know it's all um it's all to play for but there is something about that there is this sort of trifecta of childhood folklore heroes and for me it's always been um santa claus the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. Mm. So I feel like there's definitely a Tooth Fairy book out there somewhere, but I haven't quite pulled it together yet. Mm. It's an interesting one, the Tooth Fairy, because she doesn't have a day like the other ones. The Tooth Fairy must feel so put out that she doesn't have her own like teeth day or something. Yes, you're quite right. Poor Tooth Fairy. She is very hard done by, actually. Yeah, and she um, I, I, and she has to, you know, she must have a lot of you know spare change on her as well. Where does she get all the cash from? And how does she carry it? I know it must be really heavy. <laughs> it must be. She's all not like she can use. She's not using Apple Pay or anything these days. She's still sticking with the coins. Yeah, I mean all these logistical issues that we hadn't previously considered. But you're no. And right. what does she do with the teeth? Why does she need so many? Oh. Why does she like them? See, perfect picture book material. And there's so many unanswered questions. And I think that's you know often that's a good basis for a story is taking something we that exists in the real world, but there's a lot of open ending open ended things about it, lots of questions. And if you can fill them in with your story, there's something really satisfying about that. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll keep my eyes peeled in the future then. Yeah, I better get to work. Yes, yes, get going. It's, it's coming up. You know, you haven't got a specific day though to work for, have you? So it doesn't matter when it comes out there's no deadline like easter or christmas no no we just have to find out which which time of year is most tooth fairy-esque mm. i have no idea no i don't know either that's tricky maybe maybe post easter when people have yes when everybody's got tooth decay that's the time yeah. this is the time to hit them with a tooth fairy book i like yeah. that post, post post easter post christmas done i'll have a word with my publisher Amazing. Amazing. I look forward to reading that then. <laughs> so I just want to move on to one of um, the books I've already mentioned, Mr. Bunny's Chocolate Factory. Um, it is one of my absolute favourites and I've used it. I've read it to my children and repeat. I've used it in school a lot. We've been doing explanations of how chocolate is made and we've done lots of um, persuasive writing on behalf of the chickens to Mr. Bunny. So it's a real book that can be enjoyed by small children. And also I've used it with kind of eight, nine, ten year olds as a really good prompt for their work as well. And they've all loved it. And they've all enjoyed poring over the illustrations and finding those little hidden um, details that you popped in there. So I was just wondering, um, it has kind of gained acclaim as a title for championing workers' rights and freedom of speech. And I was just wondering if you had predicted the kind of success that it's had as you were planning it and writing it. Oh, well, you never know when you're, you know, sat alone in a room making it, not interacting with the outside world. It's always a risk every time you make a book. 
especially if it's a book with a slightly odd premise like Mr. Bunny all about you know the Easter Bunny he has a load of chickens who he makes eat chocolate so that they lay chocolate eggs I mean the the whole sort of science of that is really uh, you know that raises some questions in itself so you mm. really don't know whether people are going to get it or not and also when I was making it I didn't really I wasn't thinking I'm going to make a really political book about workers rights and about you know what is right and what is wrong uh, I just was, started making a book where it was more about sort of fair, what I felt was fair and what I felt wasn't fair. And somehow it ended up going down that route of workers' rights. It just seemed a logical thing to me that, you know, if somebody's making you do things that are not uh, fair, that you probably stop doing them and make a fuss about that. Hence a load of chickens going on strike. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. Power to the poultry. It Indeed. Was, <laughs> it was genius. Um, no, we really enjoyed it. Thank you. And I'm glad it's been so success, successful. Oh, well, I'm, is, I'm thrilled. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so um, I'm just wondering about future projects. Do you have any in the pipeline that you're allowed to hint to us about or anything coming out soon that we can look out for after Christmas? Oh, well, there's, all, there's always things in the pipeline. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's always another book to be working on. Um, there's only so much I can talk about at the moment because there haven't been things like cover reveals or, you know, haven't gone to book fairs and things like that. Um, I can tell you that there is another um, for beginners book coming out. So my young fiction books about uh, Dave the dragon and Albrecht the German goat and the various unusual adventures they go on. There is a third one that is getting there at the moment, but I can't tell you what it's about. I can't can't tell you the plot. I'm sorry. There's so many secrets. Oh, such a tease. I was so glad when you wrote those um, chapter books. They're, they're really funny, really brilliant. I think it's nice to have something that's so highly illustrated yes. in a kind of chapter book form. Well, one of the things I really wanted to do with those books is to have that sort of interdependence between word and image like you get in a picture book. So the words will give you information that pictures aren't giving you um, already and then the pictures will tell you things that aren't written in the words. And I really wanted to do that with a more complicated story for an older age group um, with many more words and pictures. So that's why it ended up being so highly illustrated. Uh, it's a it's always a challenge to do them though because I remember the first uh, one I um, I illustrated when I came to actually do the illustrations after having written the text I found that I had 200 individual pictures to do and started to wonder what have I done to myself why am I doing this but it was totally worth it in the end yeah no they're brilliant I mean as soon as they came through the post my eldest son um, snatched them from the envelope before I got a chance to read them and snuck off and read them in one sitting so you've obviously hit tapped into the market just perfectly there good good yeah no he really enjoyed them um so as this is a christmas themed podcast um in my house christmas books feature quite heavily at christmas because i love christmas and i love books so i was just wondering if there are any kind of stories or books that were kind of part of your family christmas traditions and whether you'd be willing to share those with us or not Oh, well, for, for, I think in my family, it, w- it would always have to be uh, Raymond Briggs's Father Christmas book. So Father Christmas and Father Christmas Goes on Holiday um, were you know, definite festive reading. Because, again, it's just that it's showing another side to what Father Christmas is like. So it's even being like this jolly guy who loves kids. He, in Raymond Briggs's version, he's just this really, really grumpy guy who lives in a terraced house with his dog and his cat. <laughs> and he keeps the reindeers in the yard out the back. And there was something about, again, the unusual side of Father Christmas that really captured me as a child and that I really love now as well. And Raymond Briggs is very, very good at showing um, just the little, you know, very everyday, very sort of almost quite mundane moments of a character's life that really gives you such a vivid picture of what they're like. 
and he does that with uh, Father Christmas in the way that I don't think I'd seen in another Christmas book before then. Yeah, no, his books are fantastic. His illustrations are so beautiful as well, aren't they? Really yes, yes. And that, as it, because it's a you know, comic or a graphic novel or whatever you want to call it, again, he must have thought, why am I doing to this, myself, to this to myself? So many pictures. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Is there anything that you've seen as an adult that you think, right, I'm going to tuck that away for future years? Oh, well, I mean, the um, Alex T. Smith's new book, the uh, Winston one. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Winston, isn't it? Or am I saying it? Yes, well? it is Winston. Yes. Yep. Um, I've, I've bought that for myself i don't have any children this one's just for me to yeah, read as a, as advent progresses so i think that that for me that feels like it's going to be a future classic especially that format of having a bit you can read every night in the run-up to christmas it's just wonderful and beautifully illustrated i'm so jealous of that man's draftsman skills yeah no i know i do i do have a copy actually and it, it is really just for me and when i am reading it to my children but i don't really want them to touch it <laughs> yeah it's so it's so beautiful it's got and it's got a dust jacket as well i always think dust jackets are a recipe for disaster because i always end up ripping them or losing them or something but there's such a beautiful part of the book i don't want to a source of endless anxiety i know and then they fade if they're on the bookcase in the sunlight and yes. you just have to be really careful don't you oh well that's lovely thank you very much for taking time to answer all of my questions oh not and a problem thank you very much for having me on no my pleasure and we'll be adding um santa's wonderful workshop to our sack of christmas books to come out every december so it'll be tucked away safely um well on post christmas um so thank you very much and um i think yes that's all i have to ask you i'm going to say thank you merry christmas because it's december now so i can say merry christmas to people without getting strange looks <laughs> and um Yes, thank you very much and goodbye. Great. Thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Now it's time for me to do one of my favourite things. That is to tempt you with gorgeous books to go out and spend your hard-earned money on. Or, of course, visit your library and borrow. Hopefully, these picture books will give you some Christmas inspiration for gifts this year. The first picture book I want to share with you today is called Sammy Claus and it's written by Lucy Rowland and illustrated by Paula Bowles and is published by Nosy Crow. Now Sammy Claus is Santa's pet cat and he likes nothing better than having a snooze anywhere that's comfortable and he dreams all day of travelling with Santa in his sleigh. Now it's Christmas Eve and Sammy Claus manages to get himself into a spot of bother, you could say. And he discovered a plot to rob Santa. Now Sammy is not standing for that. Can he find a way to beat the baddies and save Christmas? This is a really gorgeously illustrated book with lovely shiny foil details and Book Boy Junior thoroughly enjoyed this one so he would recommend it to you as well. My second picture book recommendation is called Last Stop on the Reindeer Express. It's written by Maudie Powell Tuck and illustrated by one of my favourites, Carl James Mountford, and is published by Little Tiger. Now, this book is absolutely stunning. It has real Russian folk art feel about it, and it's got cutouts and flaps to lift, and is a real joy to read. 
It follows the story of Mia, whose dad can't make it home for Christmas, so for her, everything seems to have lost its sparkle. She's desperate to get her card delivered to him. Cue a mysterious postbox and an adventure that sees Mia whisked off across snow-covered mountains and streets lit by paper stars. But will she manage to reach her dad in time for Christmas? Um, this was out in hardback last year, and as I said, is out in paperback now. It is absolutely stunning. I would thoroughly recommend it. My next recommendation actually comes from Bookboy. It's called Christmas Gremlins, and it's written by Adam and Charlotte Ghislaine and illustrated by Chris Chatterton. There are other books in the Gremlins series which you may have read. Um, This one features a whole host of cheeky gremlins who are hiding everywhere in the run-up to Christmas. They are up the Christmas tree, eating the turkey, blocking the chimney. They cause nothing but mayhem. Um, It's got really lovely rhyming text. Bookboy finds these hilarious And there are absolutely hundreds of little flaps to discover and lift to try and find all the gremlins lurking within. We love this series. It's a surefire winner for young readers. My final recommendation is another gorgeous book in this series about Iris and her pet lion, written by Helen Stevens and published by Scholastic. It's called How to Hide a Lion at Christmas. You may well have already read How to Hide a Lion at School and the other titles in the series too. Um, In this instalment, Iris and her family are going away to Auntie Sarah's for Christmas, but they're going on the train and everybody knows that you can't take a lion on a train. Iris is really sad about this, but luckily the lion has other ideas He doesn't want Iris to be upset at Christmas, so he manages to hide himself very cleverly on the train. Um, But things don't go quite as planned because he suddenly discovers the train is empty and dark and all the people have disappeared. So he hops off, walks through the snow and spots a village. Really gorgeous illustrations Stunning, foiled cover, um, sure to be a Christmas classic. I would highly recommend this beautiful book. If you're after some new book ideas or some recommendations, please do get in touch with me. I love recommending books for people. There are several ways that you can get hold of me. Firstly, if you have the Anchor app on your device, you can leave me a voice message direct on the Anchor app. Or you can contact me on my blog, which is www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com. Or you can find me on Twitter, masquerading as at bookSuperhero2. Or if you prefer something a little more old school, I have a Facebook group called Library Girl and Book Boy. Hope to hear from you soon.
Well, that is the end of today's festive Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. I do hope that you've had some inspiration for some new books to buy for your nearest and dearest and also some new titles which you might like to buy yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do remember to download and subscribe so that you don't miss out on forthcoming podcasts. I would also really appreciate it if you could rate it and, of course, tell all your friends. My final Christmas podcast is going to be another very special one because we are featuring the amazing Nicola Davies, who is currently the Book Trust writer in residence and wants to encourage children to get out into the natural world. I'm sure that you know her for her beautiful books based around the natural world. She does picture books and chapter books. And if you are of a similar age to myself, you may recognise her as a presenter of the children's TV show, The Really Wild Show. Um, Happy Christmas shopping. Make sure you join us next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.